Everybody in here is called to be involved in good works. And one of those works is to give to what God is doing because the generosity of the Lord flows in us. It's in our DNA. It's in our spiritual genetic makeup. Welcome to Life Talk with Dr. Jeff Wickwire, author and founding senior pastor of the exciting Turning Point Church in Fort Worth, Texas. Pastor Jeff is known for his heartfelt and practical proclamation of the scriptures. We are so glad you joined us today. So stay tuned as Pastor Jeff teaches, encourages, and challenges you from the Word of God. If God has your wallet, He probably has your heart. Hi, and welcome to Life Talk. I'm Jeff Wickwire, and thanks for joining us this time. Today we're continuing the series on first things. You know what many don't realize is that Jesus talked about money a lot. And as with everything else, He encouraged us to serve God above all, not money. In today's message, we're going to learn that there's nothing wrong with money so long as the money does not hold first place in your life. And let me assure you, This is not a message with an agenda. I'm not communicating this to extract more of your hard-earned dollars. In fact, you might find this message to be surprisingly liberating and a breath of fresh air. So grab your Bible and follow along as I share the message, What Happens When You Give. I'm going to finish the series on first things today. And I wanted to wrap it up on money because money is very spiritual. You may not think so. And some of you are thinking, oh gosh, I come to church and he's going to talk about money. That's what I hear about all churches. This is going to be very upbeat, very positive, very illuminating. And I trust it's going to set some of you free because I'm going to say some things about money you're not often going to hear. Okay? How many of you can say, I like money? How many of you can say, I'd like some more? Well, I have a truthful congregation today. All right, this is Jesus talking, so this is in the red ink. Jesus, the Son of God, said this. He said, give and you receive. Your gift will return to you in full. Press down. Read this with me. Press down. Shaken together to make room for more. Running over and poured into your lap. That sounds good to me. The amount you give will determine the amount you get back. Amen. Turn to somebody and say, hey, money. I thought about calling this today the Sermon on the Amount. I decided against it. I thought it was kind of corny. But I am going to call it, what happens when you give? What happens when you give? Now, we've dealt with first things for six weeks, and we've talked about uh, several things. We've dealt with putting God first because Jesus said, seek first the kingdom of God. Well, that reaches out and encompasses many different things. One of them is certainly our finances because finances are spiritual. As a matter of fact, they're directly linked to our relationship with God. Let me put it another way. If God's got your wallet, God's got you. If God doesn't have your wallet yet, then God doesn't fully have you. And I really think the last thing God gets with a lot of us is our wallet because we hang on to that money. Now, 
Jesus said, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Right there, he made money spiritual. Because where your treasure is, that's where I'm going to find your heart. Now, we could flip that and say, where your heart is, there's where I'm going to find your treasure. Now, I know that the Bible says God wants our heart. So if God wants our heart, then it matters where our treasure is. Everybody in here has a treasure. You have anointed something, chosen something, placed something as the ultimate treasure in your life. And the whole reason for this series on the kingdom of God is God wants him, himself, his kingdom to be our ultimate treasure, our first thing. The main thing is to keep the main thing the main thing. That is what I seek to do every single day in my life. I get up and I give God everything. I give him, I say, Lord, instruct me and teach me in the way that I should go today. Guide me with your eye. Order my steps according to your word and let not any iniquity have dominion over me. Be Lord of who comes into my life and Lord of who goes out. Be Lord of everything. And when I put him first, then I'm on track to really experience what God intended when he sent Jesus. Because it's more than about heaven. It's here on earth as well. His presence is heaven to me. Amen? Now, this is not a message with an agenda, I promise you. I'm not communicating this to get more money from you. In fact, most of you consider TPC your home, and you've already given. I think when you have a home church, you give to your home church. Another reason I did this series, I want to say thanks because of what you've already done. We were able to do so much because of your giving. And more importantly, not only do we see it as a big deal... I see what you gave as a big deal, but God considers it a big deal. Maybe you gave without so much as a second thought. You just gave. But you may have wrestled many nights over what your financial sacrifice would require of you and your family. You had to deal with it. You had to talk about it. You had to make a family decision. And so whatever you ended up doing, it was significant, significant. So today, what I want to deal with is the upside, the positive side to giving. And that is God's response to your generosity, to my generosity, to generosity whenever he sees it. So I want to go all the way back to the book of beginnings and I want to tell you something about you. I'm going to tell you something about you that you need to understand about you. It says in the book of Genesis, in the book of beginnings, that we were made in the image of God. We were made in the image of God. When you look at the beginning of human history, you see Elohim. That's the Hebrew name for God having to do with creation, the creator. Elohim is the creator God. And we find Elohim, the creator God, creating all things, bringing creation into existence by his very spoken word, ex nihilo, A Latin phrase meaning something came out of nothing. He didn't take something and make something else. That's what we have to do. None of us, no human being can make something out of nothing. We have to have something to make something else out of it. But God didn't. God spoke and something came out of nothing. Something appeared in the presence of nothing. He said, let there be light and there was light. Let there be birds in the air and they fill the air and all their beauty and multicolors and 
the incredible thing that God did. I love God's creation. God created the tomato plant. He created the giant redwood tree. He created the coffee bean. And he said, it is good. <laughs> he made zebras, eagles, whales, ladybugs. I'm going to have one question for God when I get to heaven. Why did you make the mosquito? I see no redeeming thing in the mosquito. I'm sure you had your reasons. He is a fallen creature. He made the birds of the air, the beasts of the field, and the fish of the sea. But listen to me now. The pinnacle of God's creation, the apex, the best of the best, what he put most of his time in was you. He made you in the image of God, man and woman, created he them. And the divine fingerprint placed on those first human beings reaches all the way down to us today. Listen to what Genesis said. Then God said, let us make mankind in our image. Notice the plurals, us and our. It's the Godhead having a talk with each other. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Ghost. Let us, we three, let us make man in our image. God spoke it. The Son amended it. The Holy Ghost brought it forth. They were all involved, all three, the Godhead. So you find something you didn't see with any of the animals or anything else. You find God talking to himself, the Godhead saying, all right, we're going to put major time into this, major attention, major focus, because what we're about to do now, we're going to make this one in our image. So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God created he them. He also said in our likeness. That's different. Image is the word icon. We get icon from that. And, and, and it means a resemblance, something that resembles something else. But likeness means that God put into man his character. His character. You're not just looking at something that resembles God, but we're looking at something that took on his likeness, his character, his ways. Oh, you are special in the creation of God. You have high value. You are not fearfully and wonderfully evolved. You have been fearfully and wonderfully made, fashioned, knitted, created, formed, shaped, by the hand of God. Male and female, he created them. He created the genders. And they're not the same. I don't think that's a revelation to any of you. Especially if you're married, you know they are not the same. Male and female, I think it's interesting that God made the point, the Holy Ghost writing the Bible moving out holy men of old to write it, said, be sure you mention the genders, male and female, he created them. Amen. You and I and everybody on the planet, of every age, color, and gender, were formed in the very image and likeness of God. And this matters. I'm going somewhere with this, so stay with me. Now, I want you to let it sink in. You were made in the likeness of God. In the likeness of Elohim, in the likeness of the mighty creator. You're different from every other created thing. 
Because you were created in the image, in the image of the Creator God. I want you to think that the very first thing God ever said about you and me was this. You were created to resemble me. I created you to resemble me. We're not supposed to be devil-like. We're supposed to be God-like. Now, there's no question about it that sin has muddied the water. When man fell, his character fell, his nature fell. So now, a lot of the character of God has been lost. We're selfish instead of loving, and we live for ourselves. We're self-centered. We're narcissistic. We sin all the time. But listen to this. The kernel, the core, the original mark is still there. The image, the image that you've been made in, the divine mark, the divine fingerprint is still on your soul. You can't get away from it. You are like him. You can't get away from it. You bear the image of God. We were created to display all the characteristics of the one whose mark we bear. Now, here's what that means. God is love, so we love. Have you ever noticed that most of the music on the radio has to do with love? It's a love song. It's about your heart being broken or your heart being mended or finding somebody new and talking about the glories of being in love. I don't know what the percentages are, but I would wager 80 to 90% of hit songs have to do with love or a relationship. Why is it so important to us? Because we bear the image of our maker and he is a lover. He is a lover. He is a relator. God is just, so we seek justice for wrongs committed. God is kind, so we show kindness. But listen to this, God gives. God gives, so we are called to be generous. God gives and we give. Part of the mark, part of the fingerprint of God is that we are givers by nature. We want to reach out and we want to help people when we see a need. I've often thought to myself, because I love God's creation, I really do love it. I, I am so appreciative of the creation of God. I'm amazed by it all the time. You can just look at a sparrow, just a dull sparrow, and look at the beauty of that little bird. And think God just said, be. And it was in his mind that he created this beautiful creature that flies and tweets and lives, and cares for its young. I've thought of this, that the entire creation bears the mark of a giving God because the entire creation testifies that God is a giver. Jesus said this, look at the birds of the air. They don't sow, they don't reap, they don't store away in barns, but your heavenly Father feeds them. He gives to them. He takes care of them. He providentially takes care of their needs each and every day because God's a giver. He doesn't create them and say, go fend for yourself. You're on your own. God bless. I'm going off somewhere else. No, he every day. That's what providence means. Providence means that God providentially cares for his creation. The psalmist wrote, you open your hand and satisfy the desires of every living thing. God's a giver. God's a giver. Oh, thank God, God is a giver. But guess what? If he takes care of the sparrow, Jesus said, if you watch him taking care of the sparrow, you can know for a fact he's going to take care of you because you're of much more value than many sparrows because you were made in the image of God. You were created in the image of God. 
Romans 8.32, listen to this. He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also, along with him, graciously give us all things? Every good and perfect gift comes down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variables, neither shadow of change. Jesus said he makes his son to rise on the evil and on the good. He sends rain on the just and on the unjust. His mercies are new every morning. Great is his faithfulness. He loads up benefits for us each and every single solitary day. Our God is a giver. He's a giving God. You don't have to worry if he's going to take care of you. He's going to take care of you. The greatest testimony of the giving hand of God is something that I can't comprehend. But it's found in the fact that God so loved the world. He gave His only Son. He knew that nothing could redeem us but the blood of His own Son. And how much of a giver is God? He caused His own Son to come to the earth. His own Son, who was there involved in the council of the Godhead when creation happened, let us make man. One of those three who said, let us make man, and was involved in making man, had also already agreed to be our Redeemer. God so loved the world He gave His only begotten Son that whoever believes on Him would not perish but have everlasting life. That's how much God loves you. That's what a giver God is. I couldn't have done that. I wouldn't have done that. I don't understand love like that. That kind of love goes beyond my ability to wrap my mind around it. But I know it's true because the Bible says it's true. He so loved us. He gave. Jesus. So say with me, he's a giving God. And here's a life-changing truth. When you were knitted by God in your mother's womb, and you were, when you were knitted by God in your mother's womb, being formed in the image of God, you were wired, hardwired for generosity. Because that's part of the nature of God. God's generous nature is imprinted on your soul. I was in a food line this week at Kroger. Have you ever noticed there's not a basket in those stores that goes straight. I've wondered, what is it? Are these women involved in roller derbies? Do they get, are they crashing into each other? Because I can't find a cart that goes straight. They all take me in circles, and I have to keep the thing on track. So I've got to where I pull you know, five or six of them out to make sure this one goes straight. It's a mystery to me, like socks that get lost in the dryer. How are all these carts going crooked? If you find out, you let me know. But I'm in line. And right in front of me is this little woman in a wheelchair. And she's in a wheelchair. And she's older. She's in her 70s or 80s. And her little hands are shaking. And she has gone through the whole store. I saw her when I was shopping. She was just driving around that little wheelchair, picking things up off the shelf. There were a couple of times I had to wait on her and go around her. And so I knew who she was, and I ended up right behind her. And I noticed her little hands were trembling. And the woman gave her the price, and she put a card into the little slot there, the chip, to pay for it. And so she's sitting there waiting. And then the woman said, I'm sorry, but it rejected your card. So I'm sitting there thinking, wow, and my heart goes out to her, and something happened inside of me, and, and I saw her reach for another card, and I made a deal with God. I told God, if this one doesn't work, I'm going to pay for it. I'm going to pay for it. I'm just going to lean forward, and I'm going to tell her, hey, listen, God told me to pay for it. I already had it in my mind what I was going to do. 
She pulled out her second car and she slipped it in. And we're all sitting there waiting and it accepted it. And I was so disappointed because <laughs> I was ready. I had my wallet in my hand. I was ready to lean down and say, sweetie, listen, I'll be glad to pay for your groceries. That's okay. Jesus told me and I didn't get to do it. Now, why did that matter to me? Because I'm hooked up to the greatest giver in the history of the world, Jesus Christ and God the Father. And I wanted to do it. I watched her wheel out, and I thought, man, I should have done it before the first card. <laughs> you see, we are hooked up. The greatest giver in the history of the world lives inside of you. And so we resemble him when it comes to being generous. You're doing what you were created to do when you're generous. The Apostle Paul told the church, we are God's handiwork. We're on the potter's wheel each and every day. We are his project every day. We are God's handiwork created in Jesus Christ to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. God doesn't save bench warmers. Everybody in here is called to be involved in good works. And one of those works is to give to what God is doing because the generosity of the Lord flows in us. It's in our DNA. It's in our spiritual genetic makeup. You were made to give. Winston Churchill said, we make a living by what we get. We make a life by what we give. And I believe that. Now, a second giving truth is when we give, it pleases God. The Bible says without faith, it's impossible to please him. He that comes to God must believe that he is, and he's a rewarder, a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. And so when we give, it's an act of faith. Because there's always something else you could give it to. There's always something else you could spend it on regarding yourself. But when we give, it's an act of faith. Well, I'll tell you, when we give freely and cheerfully of our finances, the resulting blessing of God is going to come back on us. It may not be in the form of finances, but it will be a blessing of God's choosing, which can't be anything but good. Jesus couldn't be more clear that if we keep his kingdom as the main thing in life, he will take care of our needs. You know, it's topics like these that we need to hear over and over in our walk with God. And that's why our announcer is about to share how you can obtain this rich series of messages for your own Christian library. It is sure to be a repeated inspiration down the road in times of trial, uncertainty, and need. So don't touch that dial just yet as our announcer is about to tell you how easy it is for you to obtain this series on First Things. And join us next time as we continue with part two of the message, What Happens When You Give. Until then, may God's rich blessings be yours. Now you can bring Pastor Jeff Wickwire and Life Talk right into your home, your car, or wherever you may be to lead you on the exciting journey of building up your Christian walk in faith, hope, and love. For a gift of any size to Life Talk, Pastor Jeff will send you a CD collection of some of his most anointed and inspiring teaching series. 
These CDs will strengthen your faith and build your understanding of what Christ Jesus did for you at the cross. You will begin to understand just how much our Heavenly Father loves you and the whole world. So call now, toll free, 877-884-3111. Or just log on anytime, day or night to lifetalk.tv. Listen to Pastor Jeff's hope-filled CDs again and again. Or give them to family members or friends as a gift. Don't wait. Call 877-884-3111 right now or log on anytime to lifetalk.tv and give your best gift today. What happens when you give is the final message of Pastor Jeff's series. First, keeping the main thing the main thing. You can own a copy of this six CD set for just $30 plus shipping. Log on to lifetalkradio.us or call us toll free at 877-884-3111. Get your copy of today's message for just $5 or purchase the entire series first, keeping the main thing the main thing for only $30 plus shipping by logging on to lifetalkradio.us or calling us toll free at 877-884-3111 for more information. You've been listening to Life Talk with Dr. Jeff Wickwire. To find out more about Dr. Wickwire's ministry and Turning Point Church, visit us at lifetalkradio.us or call us toll-free at 877-884-3111. That's 877-884-3111. And as a reminder, Life Talk is a listener-supported ministry. We exist to bring God's Word to thousands of people in your area on this great station. So your prayers and financial support go a long way in helping us with this endeavor. Please prayerfully consider helping us. Thanks again for listening today, and we look forward to meeting with you once again on our next Life Talk broadcast. Music.